Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and I'm your host. Today, my guest is Reverend Devin Jesse Byrne. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? Nice to have you here. <laughs> yes. Good to be back on. Yeah. So I got to say, every time I try to tell my wife who I'm talking to, I have trouble with your name. It's my Western tongue. <laughs> yeah. It was invented at my birth, so it's not a name that everyone knows. <laughs> it's just to catch me going. That's what it is. It's a good one, though. It's a noble name. I like it. Thank you. So would you like so. to start by a short recap of our last conversation and then we'll go deeper i believe it was about how totally awesome i am and special i am in this existence <laughs> wait no um well i guess that's what we want the world to be isn't it the idea of as far as a course of miracles and a discussion of where I am, who I am. I believe we tapped into my death experience a little bit. Yes, we did. And a bit of my journey. How long ago was that? It seems like eternity. <laughs> I think it's about a half a year ago, something like that. Uh, half eternity. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we went deeper into the subject, yes, of, of that experience where you were told you, you could have died, right? Yeah. Or you, or you had that impression. There's many layers to it. And I, it, it's kind of like eternity. <laughs> you always discover more about it as uh, you think about it more and find out it's endless. It's a, Considered a deep abyss, but uh, yeah, even just melting into the existence of God is, is incomprehensible. Yeah, I think we were talking about the subject of how you decided to come back, right? Because it was your decision, if right. I remember correctly, and that you you had to learn how to act within the dream or be in the dream even though you were not in the dream from your from the point of view of your mind right yeah it's <laughs> in and out what's the difference <laughs> but uh yeah it, it, it the key principle about it was that i had to have resentment and the grievance in order to be in this world that it's key to existing as separation is that you can't have no resentments and grievances and still be able to exist here and so as that's what i was doing was forgiving everything and trying to forgive all that is and i did just that and so there was no world anymore and in order to be in a world or even in the construct of of the place of communication that I seem to be talking about requires an idea of separation. And so those are often referred to in the course of 
somehow resenting or grieving or being upset with existence in some fashion. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really important topic in the course. The the idea of forgiveness and the other side of it that that resentment or the idea of separation is the key to why this dream is actually there. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's often misunderstood like as a bad thing. And we like to put that into a course of miracles is read its words in a in a way that we're really screwing it up. Like this mistake is actually something bad. And it's not really something bad. It's just a misperception. It's, and even when I say that, it sounds like it's, oh, this was wrong. But it's just a way of perceiving that's not whole. And that's naturally because of what it is. Like, it can't be whole. If it's whole, all there is is God. So you can't exist or experience anything else but God in wholeness. So that it requires separation and this is only one variation of dreams that it could be and the son of god is never guilty and of course it's guilty it did it yes absolutely but it's not like it's a bad thing it's not wrong it's not uh, like you're screwing it up (laughs) unless you want to believe that sure we can make ourselves feel as ashamed and guilty as we want to be yeah, so, so you are holding grievances to a certain degree in order to be able to interact in the stream. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I've made sure there's a few more to uh, make sure that we hold off eternity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because, you know, most people would see it the other way around. They want to to let go of all the grievances (laughs) and you and you are putting an effort to hold a few grievances (laughs) enough to keep your your status as a body visible right to yourself exactly exactly yeah i want to experience this still it's true and it's not going to be forever but um you know i like to see different variations it's it's like a, a child wanting to hear the story, wanting to stay awake a little bit longer for that bedtime story to, you know, what happens with, uh, with Hansel and Gretel. You know, they found a candy house and they met this crazy witch and they want to find out what happens. And, you know, life is maybe not as dramatic as that, thanks to Brothers Grimm. But uh, <laughs> it is a story. It's quite a story, especially so, discovering ourselves. Mm. So I have the impression you might have, in some way, recreated the experience that we all, according to A Course in Miracle, have had of, of making, that, making up that idea of separation. Yeah, well, it is palpable. Uh, if I presume your question is recognizing that tiny mad idea of separation um it's a it's about that tiny mad idea and the idea that we want to know why we chose separation to have that thought 
And if you have some insights into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you forgive it and recognize and and essentially die to have no more definition of the world, uh, no more definition of yourself, um, all of your memory is restored. And that's the totality of all existence. And so <laughs> everything is known. And the same reason... Well, I came back from this death experience is the exact same reason I was born into this life and I started the world. It was uh, the same decision, the same choice, the same desire that really can only be mentioned in metaphor, can only be referred to. And so it's a little, a little hard to grasp, but in that sense of fulfilling a a desire of a story, like to experience, to explore another option, another variation of what we are, what we could be, if we could give definition to the undefinable. Hmm. Yeah. I know so it didn't answer the... your question because it's out there, man. Woo. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, it's probably a, a... A question that but many people try. have placed, and and there's been many approaches to it from different traditions for that question. Yeah. the The other thing is, um, do you see the world as a playroom or like a a place where your mind is able to play? Yeah, in different variations, it is uh, where my mind is playing. Like, it's not like I'm in it. My mind is all of it. And so it is play. It's, I like to think of it as exploration and just finding out that we really don't know anything and that the definitions and the shapes and the forms of existence the more we know, the harder it gets. And the more we define, the more in a box we are. And so as we let go of all of that, we are willing to discover something and explore something around a corner that we didn't know was there and that we didn't know who we were and that we didn't know who this person is. And the whole point of forgetting is so that we could do just that because it's not very fun <laughs> to play when you know everything it's much funner when you forget who you are and then remember and be like oh man whoa <laughs> that was trippy <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah because the thing is about play is that anything can happen right anything is possible and yeah and when you're in, so it's it's more like a an your imagination or your your mind can set up any any type of scenario and so some people would speak of the law of attraction or things like that right in this context how is it for you do you envision things before they happen or how does it happen well the law of attraction is um, in the sense of a mind that doesn't know trying to learn how to know. 
And so it's harnessing it. But it's happening constantly. Like the creation of your reality is occurring all the time. And so if you're aware of, say, the deepest aspects of the subconscious mind, some would call a superconscious, um, it's occurring by every thought. Like it's happening all the time. So the ego mind doesn't need to harness it. It is also a ripple, an echo from that same thought. And so it's here also because of, say, law of attraction. And that we exist in this world and everything that occurs is all thought. And so you can say it's happening at the attracting it. But it quite literally, as a car drives by, it is a thought of a car driving by. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I like to see it as whatever is going on is exactly what you are thinking, right? And, exactly. And so, so it's not about attraction or anything like that. It's actually, um, you are, the history actually changes. Yeah. by the way you're thinking in the moment yeah. so the whole history and the whole future is totally different in every moment there is no moment in which it's the same exactly exactly it's pretty fascinating so, especially when you get into the world being flat and the world being round concepts <laughs> like there was a time yeah. that the world was only as wide as a garden and as in the sense of exploration looking for it finding out more we were creating it as exploring it. But yes, that doesn't even exist unless you're looking for it right now. So it's, it's, a, it's another way of seeing the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because it's actually exactly what you are thinking is happening in your experience. Exactly. So there is no world. That's why the dream metaphor explains it so very well. I mean, just to think about a dream. And you think you're talking to people. You think you're doing what you're doing. And yet it's all just thought. There's no people in your dream. There's no you in your dream. It's just thought. Yeah. The question is whether you're lucid dreaming or not, right? Because I, I don't have the impression that I'm lucid dreaming so that I know that I'm dreaming and I know how how it's my thoughts that are creating it. I mean, I, I have the concepts, right? Yeah. But to the experience is another matter. Yeah. It's, it's more of a recognition that you're lucid dreaming wanting to not know that you're lucid dreaming. Mm, okay. <laughs> and you turn it around right where you're at. Like you, we don't remember because we don't want to remember. We don't want to know. That's why we don't know. And the choice of, say, the Son of God is a pretty powerful decision. Yeah, I, I was I was wondering about that because I'm thinking about the power of choice, how powerful that is. 
And in A Course in Miracles, we have only two choices to make, right? Love or fear. And the one is always there, and the other is disappears once the other is made, right? Yeah. Yeah, it depends on in the applying it to, because you can make it seem like there's millions of choices. Yet you never really have millions of choices, no matter how many choices you think there are. It's either in that way, clarity and certainty of what you are, or disillusionment. And in that same way, love knows itself or thinks it's anything else and is confused and lost and afraid. And everything derives from those. And then we, as we're, of course, think, we create our reality in that way and experience it. If we want to be afraid, we have so many experiences to justify being afraid. We were proved to ourselves that we were right. And in the same way, if we want to be happy, we will prove to ourselves that we were right. Yeah, and, and the proof comes from thoughts, right? So these thoughts that that are not real thoughts because you, you said it before, you know, when you're with when you're in in the state of being with God, there are no thoughts, right? You're just there is no world. Yeah. There are many degrees I refer to as dimensions, yet in the totality of what is the, the beginning and the end, the zeroth and the tenth dimension are nothing. They are so vast and expansive, undefinable. They have every last variation and option of all timelines, of all universes, parallel universes, alternate realities, everything you can possibly imagine, including nothing. Being so entirely full and complete, it cannot have definition. It cannot be confined. And so in itself, it is what we would consider nothing. But it is definitely something, as it is all things. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's once again, this idea of being able to hold a paradox, as many people say, right? Yeah. <laughs> nothing and everything is, uh, is at once. Yeah, often I feel like A Course in Miracles is so desperately trying to explain how you can have alternate realities at the same time. You, know, you think you're in a world, but heaven is here. <laughs> you think you're in time, but heaven is now. And it's trying to explain these paradoxical realities. I was just recording my discussion on lesson 169 yesterday and it's so it, it it even goes to the extent of saying well you can't explain it to those who are focused on the world paraphrasing because it can't be understood by the concept of separation that's the lesson that talks about where 
you say God is, and then you cease to speak. But there's very important terms after that, usually left out, because there are no lips to speak it. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like words are no longer necessary because it's an understanding that all have. Yeah. The wholeness has. Yeah. Right. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> hmm. I, I I would like to speak about the topic of miracle work. Okay. Because I think that's an important thing because the Course in Miracles is asking us to be miracle workers. Right. And and we are we're all delving into what is that exactly, right? Yeah. Because we are trying we are make making decisions to do things differently than than we thought that that they had to be done right by allowing something else to take over right like the holy spirit or the this calm or place from within us and 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 the miracle working comes from there right yeah it's definitely tricky because I mean, even as A Course in Miracles is A Course in Miracles, and yet it, it almost never really explains exactly what a miracle is. <laughs> it's pretty interesting just from the sense of the sheer living from this place, and especially when you recognize a thought that becomes reality, that is miracles. That is what a miracle is simply to have existence and so it is definitely uh, a concept that's hard to grasp for many but in the way of recognizing that you being who you are is miraculous i know it, it's like saying oh yeah look at the sun and the, and the clouds yes it's so miraculous Mir miracles happen every day but it's true that there is no existence without this sense of life. And you are this life. And it all comes into existence. So if we wanted to get a little bit more practical, which I, I believe you're getting, wanting to get into, of how to actually be a miracle worker as A Course in Miracles really offers it, is what I would reference to as being aloof, being unaware of what many would say you have to be aware of in life, and kind of being what is in the moment, but undefined and loose and just playing on edge with no worry, no concern. Things might happen in other perspectives, but you're not concerned with it. You're not defined it. You don't know if someone's dead or alive. And so to raise the dead would be simply to play with your friend. The miracle happens just because you don't know 
what should be according to the world. You just are what you are. And then others might say, well, you know, that guy was dead, right? <laughs> and now he's not. And you raise the dead. And you're like, no, I was just playing with God in the same way I've always been. The definition changes it and shapes it, even the idea that it was raising the dead. And you're like, wait a second. There's no way I did that. And then you get caught up in the world again. <laughs> it's not about doing the miracle, like performing it, because then it can't be done that you have a definition of, say, the person's dead and you're raising the person. That can't happen because you have a person that's dead. You have a definition. You have to have no definition and just do what you do. And whatever comes is a miracle. Interesting. Because there's so many techniques or ways of visualizing a sibling as whole or healthy, right? Again, if they're going through something they think is something else, right? And these, these, yeah. these methods or techniques can lead to a results that one might describe as miracles right in the world and and so i'm i'm thinking yeah. of you know taking this from the perspective of a course in miracles okay you take the symbology of such a technique right and you let yeshua take over and use that technology that technology or whatever it is right or that method to to change yeah, to, to change one's mind about the person, right? Or about that, allow, give them the, the tools to change their mind about themselves as well, together, right? Yeah, well, it, it's definitely a, I mean, unification is, is tricky to separation. It's, it's really kind of interesting. But yes, all of it is helpful and all of it works even as that visualization of say someone healthy and you're trying to help them be healthy it in order for it to occur you must forget that they were ever sick to really mm. make the decision what you're doing is actually entering into an alternate universe where in one they were sick and you're making a conscious decision to be in another universe where they're healthy. So you're not just visualizing it. You're making an absolute decision where it's always been. Even as you mentioned earlier about the past is all rearranging and the future is all happening right now and coming from this moment. So that decision yes. of being healthy is quite literally being in a universe where that's all that's ever happened. Right. Yeah, it, it sounds very similar to what I've heard um, Daryl Anka channel Bashar about. I don't know if you've Say, heard of them. Sounds familiar. 
And so Bashar is also saying about the choices and the now changing which reality, which um, timeline you're in or whatever, right? Yeah, that, I don't uh, know if I got it totally correctly, but anyways, it sounds a lot like what you're saying. Yeah, it, I mean, it's unnecessary information for... I love that uh, lesson 169. I just did it. I'm recording it yesterday, right? And it actually mentions that uh, the grace of God is not what this course is about. It's not meant to take you to the grace of God, which is the total whole essence of all understanding of all existence, the fullness of, of God, which God takes the last step. And, uh, a Course in Miracles purpose is actually to break you out of the ego perspective, which is the fourth dimensional time reality. So you recognize the authority of the first dimension, which is Christ, and enter into the fifth dimension. So it's breaking the barrier and recognizing and remembering the total reality of all who you are and the fullness of knowledge and then bringing that back and through that experience you see alternate realities or universes occurring at the same time and people that are indecisive you you hear it a lot often that they are speaking differently in each one and so it's a very palpable experience that we don't always realize is occurring. But uh, in the same sense of people think of psychic abilities, and yet it's just a perception of alternate realities. And it's only a, another fraction of the total essence of all that is. But it is another, say, dream existence, even as this one. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I remember in the Course in Miracles and the Manual for Teachers, they do it speaks about it, about these abilities that may turn up right in a teacher of God. That these abilities only turn up not because the person is special, but because it's what they need to fulfill their their role, the special function that they have in returning home. Yeah, it's all the fulfillment of a, of a story. So yeah. you always need to have everyone playing their part. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always helpful and inspiring. Um, of course, none of it is the total essence of God. But even as you hear me explain in all my courses and things is that I, it's not about getting to the fullness of truth anymore. Once you get there, you remember and recognize why you're doing this and you want to be doing this. You designed the ego to keep you here so that you can explore it in this fashion. There's many different ways of exploring it and I would say it's more about the happy dream than it's about the fullness of understanding. Even as uh, 
I'm holding on to grievances to stay in this reality. You are too. And we don't realize that we're doing it on purpose. I mean, we're the son of God. If we didn't want to be doing it, we wouldn't be. Yeah, that's what A Course in Miracles is saying, right? It's our choice. Yes. And we're doing things by choice, on purpose. Yes. <laughs> we're experiencing on purpose, which is which is a, a very important understanding, right? To accept in one's life. Because it means responsibility yeah. and at the same time freedom, right? Yeah. Of anything like guilt or anything you love innocent. Because it's your as a as the child of God, it's your right. Yes. Now of course as as oh. only good effects. <laughs> yeah. Of course, anytime we get caught up in it and distracted and get fully invested or in, enveloped in say fear and lost it's helpful anything can be helpful in that way of embracing it to think differently to help your mind to get out of the construct it seems to be in insisting that it's a particular way that's scary or I'm having trouble with this or that. And so even as we're here inspiring each other, helping each other, guiding each other, the discovery of coming out of our fear is really why we do this. We want to get in it, but to get out of it is glorious when we do. But it's only glorious when we get in it and then get out of it again. Because we have all eternity to be all eternity. And yes, it's nice. But it's even nicer when you lose it and find it again. I don't know. I can't say whether I think <laughs> or not. That... That's good. Because I don't know. I, 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 maybe, maybe it's necessary in order to enjoy eternity to have had this dream or not. I don't know. Obviously, I think it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't be dreaming, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. That's for sure. I can't really get around it and can't get in it, through it. It's everywhere. It's like all around. Mm, yeah. It's it's like like I've I've said many times in my life, I can't run away from myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can go you can go within the dream to some other place to so called other people, but it's only better as long as you are um, letting that feeling of being free to, free there. But the moment you start getting uptight, the whole thing's come back. And it's the same again. Or yeah. similar. Can't so shake it like off. I, I, so I, I realized it's really 
what I'm think what I'm thinking determines the experience. It's not the place I go to. It would actually change where I am at as well if I changed the way I'm thinking about yeah. it. I like that you use the words uptight because we can I, I definitely associate forgiveness to relaxation. And that uh, as you're letting go in your mind, you're also reflecting and letting go in your body. It naturally happens. Right? Relaxation in every form, in, in your head, in your face, in your body, in your energy naturally is occurring as well. So as you get concerned and worried, also you get uptight physically and intense yes indeed yeah I, th I thought it interesting you know the uh, just yesterday someone was saying oh you should be frustrated about this you should <laughs> oh, should this be. and that right right actually you should be so frustrated about <laughs> your life you're not living what what you could be living and this and that right and i was like wow i'm responding to that why am i responding to that with some some tension and this and that right because whether i am the one who decides to about frustration no matter what situation i'm in <laughs> so, <laughs> so i was i was buying into those thoughts right but they were not they have nothing to do with what actually is going on <laughs> yeah yeah well. It is a thought, but it's. Yeah, I was recognizing, so to speak, that it's actually my thoughts that I, um, these ideas of having to fulfill all your skills or to live out all your skills, because only then you can be happy, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and <laughs> these things have have actually been frustrating me for so long in some ways, right? And and then the other way I need to recognize that's not what was frustrating me in the first place. It was my idea that I should be someone else, right? Mm. And I am, right? And that has been always the cause of not feeling comfortable in this present moment. Yeah. Yeah, to whatever degree you understand it, to be yourself is always helpful. Whether, it, even if it's an illusionary idea of yourself, be it completely. Yeah, that's always, it's better to accept who, who, who you're experiencing yourself to be than to fight it, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it will always take you to the next step if there be one. And of course, many would say that well, I don't want to be an ego. and <laughs> but, you know, Yes, you do. <laughs> That's why you're doing it. But to accept yourself in what is an illusion is to accept yourself in what is reality. We often think illusions actually exist, but they don't. Right, right. So... So yes, that, that's the whole thing about being where you are now is the, is the place to, to relax about it, right? 
Yeah, whatever you see, whatever you believe, this is okay. This is okay. And yes, this will pass and this will change and rearrange, but if you just recognize it, it's okay. This is acceptable. Then it, you'll find peace and it will follow you. It will create your reality. Your day will become, it's okay. It's good. It's acceptable. Yeah, it's, it's like this, the the idea of def- in defenselessness, your safety lies, right? Yes. From A Course in Miracles that, that I've been thinking about a lot recently because it's this defending against so many things all the time is pretty tedious. Yeah, even in the small little sense of complaining. Yep. Yeah. It's it's pretty interesting. And yet even just saying something mean about someone. Yes, it's true. Um, it's or about the world or whatever, right? I, I've I've been noticing how tense that makes me. Yeah. <laughs> Experience myself. And of course, if you don't want to be tense, then we gotta do something different. But yeah. it is okay to be tense. It is acceptable. And that's one thing is like being upset. It's okay to be upset. It's it's not anything different. It's not anything like separate from not being upset or separate from being at peace. Peace is there also. Joy is there also. It's just being upset. <laughs> Yeah. It's a little trippy because we, you know, don't want to be upset or it's painful or whatever it is. Yeah. It hurts. Even even the thought of of wanting to change things is can be very very <laughs> upsetting in itself. Exactly, you get very upset things... for being at peace. <laughs> exactly, or or you're upset for for being. Yeah, if you accept peace, you think that's not allowed, right? Because <laughs> how, why, if I accept the things as they are, what is that? That means I'm not doing anything to get get it in a better place, right? I'm I'm accepting it the way it is. Eh? <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't you be do- making some progress there? Yeah, progress. The idea of progress, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I remember and I, I'm in studying um, social and cultural anthropology, we had this this researcher who researched a people who didn't care about progress, a culture. It was like, uh-huh, interesting that that exists as well, right? Okay. And, and did they progress? <laughs> I, I don't know. It was like he was there for a little while and then he wrote about it and then he was gone, right? I think this isn't but going anyways. anywhere. But, but the, it, it sounded like the idea, even the idea was so exciting to this researcher, right? <laughs> that these people um, didn't have any concepts about progress. 
and they didn't even have those concepts. So in the terms of their language or their way of seeing things, they wouldn't even, probably wouldn't even notice that progress had happened. It's like an adaptability uh, to what is, and it's there. I mean, we do it often. I, I actually see it in my wife a little bit, recognizing that well, I just have to do with what I have, and I have to just live. And yeah, of course, wanting to improve is there as well, but it's not as extreme. There's an there's a cap. There's a limit. There's a physical world. I'm a body. I'm a person. I can't evolve past that. I can't go past that when you believe it's the, all there is. And so you have to essentially maintain. Or there's really just, I have to go to work. I have to raise my kids. I have to go to sleep, go to work, raise my kids, go to sleep. <laughs> and naturally thinking that there's no progress is just accepting you know as it is and it's interesting that i'm using that term because accepting no progress also sounds like you're not progressing and yet yeah. accepting as it is sure sounds like what we want to do to progress doesn't it so it's interesting when we study other people because we think we're looking at other people, don't we? Yeah, we do. And, it, and there's, there's no real basis for it when you, when you realize that it's what you're thinking about them. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, okay, the, this person says this, and you immediately make a whole story about it, what it means, what it <laughs> should mean to you. That, and if you're at the moment in fear, you will find a way to, to determine it to be fearful. I love, I believe it's yeah. in the manual for teachers. Uh, there's a part where it's talking about coming to know yourself and you coming back. And, and people that also know themselves will see you as like unto themselves or recognize themselves and those who do not know themselves will also see you like themselves <laughs> and you can't really show anybody what you know about yourself for everybody even yourself just sees yourself mm, yeah you can you can see what you are allowing yourself to see and nothing else, right? Yeah. In other words. So a teacher of God who, who experiences themselves as a teacher of God actually sees everyone as a teacher of God. Yeah. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> you, can't, you can't tell who needs this information anymore because everyone has this information. It's like you, you, when you recognize God, there's only God. Even when you look at your brother, they're God. They're the ones with the secrets, <laughs> not you. 
Yeah, that's that's a big difficulty with the secrets of others, right? The idea that there could be secrets or secret treasures that you could, so to speak, steal from others. That's once again the special <laughs> relationship. Yeah. yeah. And we all have to have our different uh, stereotypes or archetypes that we represent and uh, different amounts of different frequencies of what we are. We all kind of derive from the same things, some from the same ideas, and yet we're different variations and combinations of it. And so as much as we think we have uniqueness we might be a different variation a combination very unlikely to see in the world and yet when you discover all combinations you discover all variations or all frequencies in which those combinations derive then there's no secrets there's no variations that we all are that one yeah, thinking with the we're all thinking with the same mind. I definitely enjoy explaining it in different fashions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the 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 concept of of discovering what another person thinks by imagining what is that person, right? Um, is one of the methods used to have a different perspective, right? Now, now if we say we're all thinking with the same mind, it, it shouldn't really be an issue. Yeah, you. we all share thoughts in one mind. And yeah. even, so that dreamer metaphor is very helpful. I always love it, love it, love it, love it. You can talk to somebody in your dream and hear something you believe you've never heard before. <laughs> and yet, it's your dream. <laughs> How did you have a thought that I didn't have? You only made it seem as if you didn't. You forgot your thought and projected it outward and made it an experience instead. But it's simultaneous with the thought. The thought is happening as the person. It's not separate from it. It's at the same time. Like this yeah, is the so, mind of God. Yeah, interesting. When you think of your concept of self and who you actually are, right? According to A Course in Miracles, that's a difference. Yeah. Big difference. But who you actually are yeah. makes it possible to have a concept of yourself seem real. Right, because you're so powerful. Exactly. Right? Your thoughts are so powerful. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be able to uphold an illusion for any moment at all. Yeah, my concept of my thought sure can't. <laughs> yeah, the, the thoughts themselves are not powerful enough to, to be upheld. It needs to have the basis of someone who's real, something that's real, hmm. to be actually experienced as as a so-called reality, right? 
Right. So, yeah, I think that's one of a very important lesson that we're learning is to recognize the power of our of our yeah our power in every sense of the word yeah we recognized that thought is existence simply changing that thought changes existence that's pretty powerful it changes our experience of what we think we are, right? Right. Right. It doesn't change who we are. So, no. The yeah. reality stays the no. same, that's for sure. And that's fascinating, you know, to think that you actually have a safe place to come back to. Yeah. Right? So, and one of the concepts in education is also you need this safe place to come back to when you're a child right you need to have this connection mm. so when you bond with your parent right and and you need that bond in order to be able to then go out and explore and know you can return anytime you want right and i guess that's a similar idea to what we're experiencing when we're talking about this yeah it's beautiful. I am in the experience of raising children here myself and seeing that happen. So am I. <laughs> yeah, I have a son in kindergarten, and it's fascinating to see his different experience every day. It's like every time he goes off, I have to remind him that I'll be here and that I'll be happy for him, proud of him. And then he has a good day. And if I just kind of kick him out the door, <laughs> he's, he's all like stressed out and concerned. And <laughs> of course, it never happens uh, like that. I don't kick him out the door. But if I don't remind him, you know, how, how safe he is in that way, then it, it gets disconcerting. And the question is, are, are we able to be that safe haven, right? Yeah. Because when we are not feeling that way, how are we to be that safe haven, right? And to teach our children or to share with our children that they are the, uh, also a safe haven, right? Yeah, that's good. And not, not, not dependent on us being the safe haven, right, for them. Exactly, yeah. Because we could also depend on them to be the safe haven for mm -hmm. us. And we need to let go of that, right? Because we are like, oh, if the, the kid acts this way, then I'm not safe. And if the kid acts a different way, oh, what a wonderful day. Mm -hmm. And same with partners, it doesn't matter. But with kids, it's very obvious, right? How quickly um, we can shift from being happy to unhappy, depending on what we think is going on. It is quite mesmerizing exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> very mesmerizing you're right <laughs> and because you think you have this very special relationship with your own children 
with children in general, it's even more mesmerizing, right? Yeah. Have to be there to teach them and to show them and help them and keep them safe from pain and suffering. And try not to uh, do it with too much of an iron fist. And (laughs) it's definitely difficult because you're afraid of hurting them or them getting hurt then you get stressed out from it and then are emotionally hurting them, (laughs) trying to protect them. And it's definitely difficult of a balance, balancing act. Yeah, this is one of the big challenges, right? When it comes to to understanding the ideas from A Course in Miracles in practice, right? Because children are really wow. They're so, you know, at the one time they're so close to you and at the other side they're so far away, right? Because you you think you are the one in charge. Yeah. And you see yourself as responsible for their safety, which is, is a necessity, at least in, in the way I see it, right? We need to accept that responsibility in order to be there for them. At the same time, it it needs to be something that we accept without being um, stressed by it, right? Yeah. Because otherwise we're not providing the safety in the way we need it ourselves, right? Yeah. I definitely noticed the big change in my son. It's a a three-year-old. When... My mom mentioned that how my dad used to use reverse psychology so well, and I tried it. uh, (laughs) I tried it, and I feel like all of a sudden he realized that he had his the will of his own. (laughs) It's like, no, don't do that. And he's like, wait, don't do that. No, don't do that. He's like, wait, you saying I shouldn't do that? I can, and it it was was all of a sudden. realize he can make a decision against what I was saying which was actually what I wanted and so there was this disassociation all of a sudden to what my will was for him and I don't know if it screwed him up or if it screwed me up I I can't tell still (laughs) but (laughs) it's hard to say it's hard to say what the story is right because we're so attached to the yeah, whole thing yeah we're we're attached not only to the moment but it, to the outcome we're always seeing these outcomes right in one way or another and it's really really challenging to to let go of that we need to do, to uh develop develop some uh miracle fatherhood courses that'd be fun yes <laughs> and maybe we should do that together <laughs> i'm i'm open i'm <laughs> open to discussing it and going into that that'd be fun yeah i think it's very important for many of us right yeah because 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 being a miracle worker with children um you see that you are limiting yourself in so many ways when you're here a father right yeah and and you're limiting your children by limiting yourself yeah 
Yeah. One thing I definitely noticed was that no matter what I do, is going to get screwed up anyway. <laughs> yes, that, that's what, how it feels, at least. <laughs> Whether it's right or not is another matter, but that is the way we feel about it, right? Yeah. We're only, as a parent, you're always screwing up all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, yeah, as an educator as well, you, you can feel that, right? So it's really a, a challenge to let go of that idea, right? And and accept the responsibility of the moment. I always have to remind myself that we came here to learn limitation, and that even them, I'm teaching limitation is is something. Yeah, they came here full enlightened, <laughs> conscious being. They believe they can do anything. They want to jump off the highest thing. You. In this body, you have to do it down here. You can't be way up there. You got to <laughs> learn a little limitation. And, and of course, when you're an adult, then you have the desire to learn limitlessness <laughs> again. And so now we're going through A Course in Miracles, learning how to be limited or limitless again. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really a, a big challenge, this thing of freedom and boundaries, right? Yeah. That this this experience in the dream is is concocting right yeah because you need both in the dream so how how in order to actually how function. old are your children <laughs> seven and right. nine okay cool yeah it would it would definitely be helpful to uh, for a lot of people i'm sure to process together and how to apply this and work with this uh, together and dealing with children, uh, fatherhood, miracle yeah. workers, or miracle, something play on words. We can think of something fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I certainly want to begin talking more about education as well, because that's my profession as not right. only my parent, responsibility and I'm professionally in education as well so all right right cool and uh, you teach in a like in a school uh, you're you're like a real teacher huh <laughs> no 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 I'm I'm a I'm oh, in right. kindergarten I take care of kids that's, that's the element <laughs> of what do you call it the first first institutions of education by um, grown-ups that are not your yeah. parents, right? Some of the first places, nur nursery and That's kindergarten. That's good, too, yeah. I, I did work in schools as well, but also in the daycare and not in, and as a teacher. Nice. But I've also taught English to kids, and I still do in some ways. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I meant uh, real, like, as in... Uh, opposed to me, where I just developed my own academy, so I, I'm going breaking all the rules. I'm just doing my own thing. <laughs> they're they're actually, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Where the rules start and where they end. That's true. I mean, having studied social and cultural anthropology, you know, and looking into child childhood and the different ways that different 
you know, peoples or cultures or societies actually see it. Yeah. Right? And I, w- I was very excited when I heard, oh, there's these groups where, where just the children are educating each other, right? Yeah, just by... And stuff like that in other yeah. in all other cultural contexts, right? Or where the brother of the mother is the father to the children, yeah. and oh, things right. like that, where where things are are turned around totally different from what we think is yeah. correct, right? Yeah. Or the way they are introduced to being boys or girls, right? And these rituals to become grown-ups right and they differ in so many ways in different cultures and so yeah where the the views on sexuality are so different yeah there's definitely a and so on and so forth there's so much to explore about this that that what i learned or studied or what i've done cannot encompass all of that it's just it's way too vast to say I know what is right or what is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I get it. Uh, yeah. My colleagues, you know, like, yeah, you learned all of that. <laughs> you know it all, just like we do, and this and that. And I'm like, I have, I, I have so much more. <laughs> There's so much to learn. And I was like, oh, am I embarrassing myself? But no. Not embarrassing to say that you don't know, <laughs> but I, it's hard to to recognize that's not embarrassing, right? I thought it was at the moment, and I need to remember that there's nothing embarrassing about it. It just sounded like I, I think I'm incompetent, but that's that's what I was embarrassed about, not the fact that I didn't know. Yeah, well, that's definitely something we can face with any sort of information all throughout even as a course of miracles and it's like oh well, there's, there's there's more there's more oh there's more <laughs> more i don't know more i don't know yeah it, it's it's just like that's why i thought the concept that we were speaking of that of how our thoughts um, create the experience we have, right? That and the idea of expansion, right, or ex- or extending in a course of miracles. And the extension, I, I actually posted recently about extension that it's the only way, without adding or subtracting something, to to be right, right. is extension. And the world is all about adding or subtracting or this or that, right? So get more education so you can have a higher job or a better job or this or that, right? Um, and, and the only way to actually be comfortable with whatever way you're doing is to extend and not to add or subtract. Yeah, and it stays connected. The key thing about extension is that it does not go apart from you it, it it stays with you but is out there as well <laughs> yeah the course of miracles says it's the only way to own anything is to actually extend yeah. it to, to give it 
oh, it's like give it away. How can I give things away? Give my thoughts away mm-hmm. to everyone, and then not own them anymore, and and yeah. still have them. Yeah, and and still have them. But of course, a miracle says giving your thoughts, giving your ideas, giving it all is the only way to actually own it. And it's actually true when you think of publishing and so on. Only by publishing it do can you claim ownership, or by having written it down in some way, right? Or put it, or stored it, or whatever, yeah. right? Ownership actually only comes from having documented it in the in the in the dream, right? And at least in the dream, yeah. So actually, in a way. Even the dream confirms that. Because as long as you're just keeping it in your head, you actually can't claim ownership. Uh-uh. <laughs> Even copyright. Yeah. Keep yeah, you can't claim copyright. You can't do anything just by by not having spoken about it. And it's interesting that it will change in your mind over time. And then you go to some lecture or something and and somebody quotes you more accurately than you do. <laughs> yeah, that, that can happen. <laughs> so yeah, I actually have been, I've started out a group for for writers, right? And we're meeting once a week. Fun. And it's, it's and to, to get our books written and published, right? Cool. And like anyone can imagine, I don't know all too much about it myself, except for that I am a writer since a long time, right? About getting it published, right? And so we're there to support each other, right? To actually get the things out there. And that's that's what we're doing too, by speaking with each other and having the idea that we might develop a, 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 a educational course for children yeah. right? i think it's a great idea and, and where we and where we use the ideas from a course of miracles but in a totally different context than what one usually thinks it's in like spirituality yeah not so directly but more practically yeah as far as being a, a writer i'm not much of a writer myself um but i sure talk a lot so i have recorded you know podcasts and so many different things over the years and recently people have been transcribing them for me and making them into books and so yeah uh, that's what I, that's what i tell the, the my fellow writers as well talking is also <laughs> writing because people tend to forget that there's so many books out there you know what they are these people were lecturing and people were writing down what they lectured or recording it and then writing it down later and then books Very were often. made of it. Yeah. It never was actually written yeah, by even the most person. famous books. <laughs> the Bible, Tao Te Ching. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or or most of Rudolf Steiner's work was all lectures that people transcribe. Yeah. And so so we, we tend to forget that, but podcasts or things like this are all ways of writing. Yeah, I've been thinking of it recording in the early days. It was it was literally writing on tape just by a movement of a needle. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really fascinating to to see how actually speaking or publicly speaking is also writing. And it's also extending our ideas, right? Or the ideas that we all share, right? Because they're actually all our ideas. But it doesn't mean that there's no copyright. Yeah. It is your copyright once you once you share it, it's yours, right? Finally, yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> it may sound strange, but it is that way when it comes to copyright. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> trippy as far as it's hard when you share so many thoughts and so many words. You don't even remember which ones are yours or not. It's it's kind of all intermingled and who's is who am I quoting? I don't know. <laughs> we're just shared. <laughs> yeah, well, we're using ideas that were shared with us yeah. as well, right? In and, various and, ways. So we better not forget that. And and remember, also a funny thing when it comes to speaking is, is writing. Um, Helen Schuckman says it was a voice in her, in her right, writing, and she was just transcribing it, right? Mm -hmm. So that was also yeah. speaking. Of course, some miracles came about by a being speaking, yeah. and we we be I believe it's Yeshua. Yeah. Others may think otherwise, but it still is a speaking voice that wrote, who had it written, and not a and it was not the it was not so to speak the writing itself. Yeah, and it's fascinating how the same type of books and the same type of movies can come out at the same time <laughs> because it's that shared yeah. mind branching off its own unique perspective. Yeah. And many inventions yeah, yeah. were invented by at least two or three people at the same time or a similar time schedule. And and then it was a really difficult thing to figure out who actually got the yeah. patent or not. Yeah. Who are we quoting now? <laughs> That's yeah. No, I understand. It. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of companies. I, I was right now. I was thinking of Tesla and other inventors who both. I don't know what. I think it was Brown or I don't know who who it was who also invented the radio or things like that. Right? Yeah. And and the one of them got the patent and the other didn't, right? But it mm. but you know, this happens all the time. It's just an example. And that's and so many firms, you know, are keeping are patenting their things as fast as possible, right? In order to keep it because of that, right? Or keeping secrets. Now the question is keeping secrets, um, indefinitely doesn't make sense that's why they have to patent it because then it's not a secret anymore and that's why it belongs to them so to speak as long as it's a secret and they don't have proof that they had invented it in front of before someone yeah. else right or saved it somehow um someone else can patent it saving all variations of it yeah definitely yeah. and then it starts getting political uh. <laughs> yeah and that's where we need to figure out why does a Course in Miracles say, you know, share everything.
because you share everything anyways. And and it doesn't it doesn't say not it doesn't belong to you. It actually says it belongs to you by extending only for seventy years. Which is also <laughs> that's law. That's not that's not the that's not what of course a miracle says. <laughs> that's the, the dream idea of books, right? But if you republish it, you get it back. Yeah. Well, I believe it used to be 20 <laughs> years or 17 or something. And it was Walt Disney Company that ex- got it extended and changed it to 70 years. I know that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. why they release movies after a while. You know, it goes to the vaults and then we're republishing it doing it again yeah yeah and then they get the the 70 years again (laughs) whereby these movies are based on on so many books that were there before (laughs) it's really hard to understand all these laws right yeah i i had no idea that the brothers Grimm did the snow white story as well and so it's like they just took another story and, and made it into their thing. And yeah, it's pretty fascinating how. Yes. Yeah. Almost all movies or films come from some book or some tale that someone told at some point and then was written down. Cause even the brothers Grimm, they, they were collecting the stories. Yeah. They were not the authors of them. Well, as much as it sounds like, they were going around and collecting stories or fables yeah. or, or myths. They were collecting all these things, and then they put books right. together right. with them. As much as it sounds like uh, stealing, it's, it's really just you know our own expansion. We are expanding on each other. I mean, because you know, the capitalism and, and the getting financial reward for it and everything is all part of the story, maybe a little motivating, but really we're just still the same essence, Christ consciousness, expanding on an idea. So it might seem like this body had a fairy tale. These other bodies took that fairy tale, made it a story. These other bodies made it into a movie. These other bodies, you know, keep it going and enjoy it. But it's, we're still the, the son of God told a story, wrote it down in a book and made it into a movie and enjoyed it. And it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, how to put it into lawyerly terms, (laughs) but but anyways, yeah. So it's fascinating. I think the idea that of course of miracles shares that you own it by, by extending it is, is amazing. And, and, and I don't know what the ownership is not, not clear exactly Uh, ownership because you, you, it gets stronger or it's stronger for you by sharing it, right. By extending it. Yeah. So it strengthens you according to A Course in Miracles. And it strengthens the ideas that you are extending to others. It's kind of interesting, like, where does it start and begin? And, I mean, even at some point, yeah, written language, I'm sure, was claimed as some copyright. Well, these are my alphabet. 
Oh, this is my ABCs. And <laughs> yeah, very possible. So we don't know where it ends, right? And and so there are, of course, laws about it, right? So anyone who who knows exactly what they're talking about can tell you where where in one country it ends and where it begins. It's right? Latin. No, it's Greek. It's Latin. No, it's Greek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Bible story of Babylon, where everyone was speaking the same language, and then they built that tower, and then God um, said, that is bluff, that's not okay, and and made everyone speak different languages. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. another story of separation, I guess. And by <laughs> these people, they, they're going to see the clouds. Oh, no. Yeah pretty interesting that's for sure yeah yeah anyways for university they had to put my master thesis through this program that checked whether i and whether it was okay or not right whether it infringed on copyright or anything right so you have to go through that process when you submit a paper nowadays so so if you done something that isn't is ex- like some people might copy the exact words from someone else right and mm. not quote them yeah that's not allowed <laughs> that's interesting so it actually so you have to, assesses like a computer assesses everything and looks for it yeah yep so if if it has anything in the database it's researching through um, you you can get a problem if you've done that. So you can't have a doctorate unless you put a couple ands in there and a different spacing and a comma there instead? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if it can be tricked that way because it has to. <laughs> but anyways, it, it's important that you do an honest work, right? Yeah, it's definitely fairly and follow the rules of of quoting and and extending ideas from others as well through quotes to make it very scientific there's definitely no reason not to be honest i don't think um it's just uncomfortable to not be yourself well some people you know they the reasons they have is is to get their the their paper done with without having put work into it much right. work into it yeah. themselves right so they, they might apply the idea of of stealing so to speak of taking it from somewhere else but that's that's certainly not allowed and nowadays it can be checked right the works that they used to do that was much harder even putting a concept into your own words i'm sure has been done so many times that there's there's likely to be a variation that you might find out <laughs> you stole someone's copyright and you didn't even know it You're like oh wait what well ideas you you cannot write without having ideas that you've yeah. you're building on right so so you can't a com- total complete um assessment of where these ideas come from is probably impossible yeah, exactly 
that's probably impossible, but you can get at least try to attempt to get as many sources from the area you're working, you're writing in, right? From the discipline you're writing in to, to back it up that you are where you're drawing it from, right? Yeah. But of course you're, and what are your own <laughs> ideas, right? Like you said, they may be variations, extensions, um, replays, or even just just from your own life, then it's, of course, who else had that experience? They may have had similar experience, but you're describing something that you experienced. So when I was did field research, of course, no one else was doing the field research for me. So, so it was my field research, and I and I can describe it as I experienced it or whatever, in whatever way, right? And analyzing that is also mine, right? But you, I'm, to analyze it, I might be using ideas from somewhere else and then I need to right. quote that. So it's, it's very, it's a very complex thing, <laughs> copyright and- And you gotta remember sense. where you're, where are you quoting <laughs> from? Like, what do you, where'd you get that concept? <laughs> Yeah, and the the thing is, the idea is to try to track it to the first place that idea was brought into the public yeah. view, right? But that that's a big question, right? Because the first idea probably came in an oral fashion. <laughs> that and the author of that is is probably unknown. <laughs> yeah, whole rigmarole. Yeah, the history of ideas. The history of ideas <laughs> goes back to the beginning of all existence. So. Okay, yeah. So we're going. This is all about the idea <laughs> of education. So we see there's a lot to talk about, and and then the most important is the practice, right? Absolutely. Actual application. Yeah. And to, to find a way that feels comfortable to us, right? And where we feel it's it's going in the, in the, it's actually happening in a way that we can extend and, and feel that it's helpful to us and to anyone who wants to use the ideas, right? Yeah. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. It's it's nice to share and extend the ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you might want to share where one can All get right. a hold of you. Um, my main website is openandclear.com. That's O-P-E-N-A-N-D-C-L-E-A-R.com. Right. <laughs> Got lots of facets there now. We actually have a live streaming um, internet radio now, which is kind of fun. Playing music in my podcast and opening up to the community as well. Lots of different things. 
in the academy. Yeah. Okay, I think. Yeah, people will yes. find something. There's something there <laughs> for everyone. Even working on some children's books. Yeah, oh, excited cool. about that. I bet. <laughs> The first audience was <laughs> children, right? That's true. <laughs> it's a cute story about sunbeam. Yeah, never being apart from the sun. It's copyrighted. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's funny. Um, Please spread the word about about this podcast and enjoy it. And I will publish it. You've seen Mighty Python and the Holy Grail, right? No, what? No, no. He's on Central European time, and you've never seen that. Well, it reminds me when you're just saying that it, they start singing at one point. He's going to tell, he's going to tell, he's going to tell, he's going to tell, he's going to tell. <laughs> and uh, it would be a lot funnier if you'd seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch the, uh, I think it's called The oh, Life That one's of funny Brian, too. They are random and weird, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for this conversation and Indeed. until next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.